Wow. Cold one this morning, wasn't it? Brutal. Minus two. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's on my reading, I'm sure there were worse places in the world. Yeah, it's nice to see the sun come up, but it uh, doesn't seem to be doing anything to the temperature. And a lot of snow in the Mid-Atlantic. Yeah. They got dumped on yesterday. Yeah, about eight inches down there, yeah. I guess. So, uh, On Track Podcast, Season 3. Ooh. How exciting. Season 3. Season 3. Episode number 1, January 4th, 2022. Recording back on Tuesdays here. I have uh, CFO Tasha Gardner in the room with me. Good morning. COO Eric Ritchie. Good morning. And Safety Director Cameron Hagar. Good morning. Welcome all. Happy New Year to you. Happy, Happy New, New Year to you. Year. Happy New Year. And all you out there in what Fizzy, Fuzzy Wilson would call Radio Land. That's I he, like that. That's I what like he called it, it when he was land. on here. Even though it's not quite accurate, but it works. Does Podcast Land work? <laughs> podcast Land might work. Radio Land sounds better. Yeah, okay. it does. A like little more vintage. Moving right along, we have a main topic today of strategic planning that we underwent in 2021. And... Uh, I'll go back. I got a document here that FMI did for us a few years ago, and uh, they asked about the strategic direction of the company. And there are two answers side by side. One said, there's absolutely no idea what the strategic direction of the company is by one manager. And the next answer was absolutely clear what the strategic direction of the company is. So uh, there seemed to be some some confusion about that. And we thought it would be good to bring everyone in, in uh, the company up to speed on what our strategic direction is, is hoping, hoping to be. And we spent a lot of time on it. So we'll, we'll get on that. We've got Cameron Hagar in with a safety topic. We're going to update you on the uh, Biden administration's vaccine mandate. Yep. And the emergency standard put out by OSHA. Correct. We're going to talk a little bit about it today, some of the dates and whatnot, and, and what it means for Sergeant and our employee owners. So we'll we'll get to that. Uh, no bids last week. No bids, but... Pretty quiet week. Quiet week, which was good with the holiday being around, but uh, that's the calm before the storm. Looking at the bid calendar, the storm's coming, which right. is uh, a very good thing. We've got uh, a handful of very, very, very good opportunities out there right now, yep. looking us in the face. So looking, looking forward to those. And, Absolutely. And, you know, I think you mentioned by the end of January, early February, we should have a pretty good idea what the year is going to shape up to look like. We've already got a good backlog. Already got a good backlog. We're uh, hovering around 185 and waiting to hear on a job in the Mid-Atlantic that hopefully would put us up around 200. Um, but yeah, you know, with these four, actually five or six jobs bidding, it's all work that, as Steve Perry would say, is in our wheelhouse. Um, so by the end of January, it's it's Almost a little odd to think that by the end of January, we could be sitting here saying, all right, let's get a really good plan in place for the season. But it's a great, great, great position. Sure. And just to settle the nerves of the folks out there, when we say we've got a $185 million backlog, that's spread out across three years. Correct. Multi-year. So, right. so all that work is not a 2022 work that's spread out across three years, some of it. Um, and some of those larger projects are, are out. 2022, 2023, 2024, the 395 Route 9 connector goes into 2025. Correct. Correct. So, yeah, that backlog is a little deceiving. Um the good news, as you said, is no, we don't have to do it all one year, and that still gives us a chance, especially to be very selective on work going forward. Um, we mentioned opportunities in January, but opportunities come all season long, and they come late in the season, especially as folks load up on work, so it puts us in a great place to be able to sit back. And, and wait. 
Be selective. And be then selective. when we are selective, we can really put an effort into a job and make sure we've got a, a good successful job there when we do bid it. So yep. um, great place to be from that uh, point of view. We still do need to pick up a little bit of work. I think Tasha was looking at some numbers this morning to mm-hmm. kind of show that. A couple regions, especially New Hampshire, we need some work. We need a little work in the mid-Atlantic, but uh, it's early. Those things will come. Sure. Definitely not a time to panic. But we're, and we're working hard on all fronts. Working hard on all fronts, and we're just in a great, great position. Yep. So I uh, want to move on to the main topic, which is strategic planning. And I, I want to drop back to 2018 uh, because you both, Tasha and Eric, were involved in strategic planning that we underwent back in 2018. Uh, we we kind of did it on our own. We did not have FMI or anybody else come in to help us with it. And but I, I feel like we really have benefited greatly from that time we spent back then. Oh, we definitely did. I, I you know, one, number one was we codified our core purpose and values, which I know a lot. Even though maybe it was a kind of a gut thing before. Now it truly is a guide mm-hmm. in so many decisions that we make. But but it was really so much more than that in terms of how we were going to approach the mix of work. And there were there was the big strategies, and then there were a lot of little strategies that came out of it as well. Right. That, and I think it just brought us all to a higher level of thinking, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, we had to start thinking about a strategic direction for the company and not worry about a year-to-year type of basis, but looking ahead. And um, <clears throat> I know for me that was the first year I had worked here. Yep. So being uh, asked to come in in a different role and be a part of that was extremely useful. Uh, just getting to know people, but looking back on it, then making the transition personally into a different role, it was nice to have that involvement in the strategic sure. direction of the company right from the get-go. So it was very helpful in a lot of ways, and we still use several of those philosophies right now. We're still in application. Right. I mean, they're not, I wouldn't call them timeless, but they were, they were timely in the way that um, we began to select work differently and Absolutely. and be, I would say, more respectful of, of our resources that we have, which is part of the value, the, the core purpose. Absolutely. As we said, we need to respect our resources, which is, you know, part of it's internally to the company, and, and begin to deploy those resources in a way that that makes people glad they're working. Yeah, you and I stopped by some foreman training this morning, and uh, one of the exercises they were going through was to basically pick a core value that they felt they strongly uh, emulated or certainly tried to strongly uh, emulate during a day. And to hear a group that wasn't a part of uh, hammering out those core purpose and values, but to hear the passion that they had surrounding it and to hear how much it meant to them. um, For me, having been involved in that and knowing the gnashing of teeth we went through and couple pretty tense moments while we were hammering those things out to see it taking effect with other people and to see how much it means to them. That was a, well, probably the best part of the morning. That's awesome. I would love to have heard that. I think, and I don't know if people know this, but internally or Stillwater, when we have our regular meetings, we start them off with someone sharing a a value that they've seen in action or that resonates with them. And um, I think it's good that we keep our focus on that. That will carry us through. Absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, as we put those together, there's some gnashing of teeth. And one of the things I say about that strategic planning is that sometimes voices got elevated, mm-hmm. but the thinking got elevated higher. Agreed. That, that's, and we, when we went into that, that was like, I would say a background goal is that we need to challenge each other on the way we think. And, and we need to, you know, if there's some barking going back and forth, as long as everybody's respectful and 
and, you know, in the right spirit, then that's what we're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to see the passion that surrounded all that, that people had for the company and, and had for who we are, uh, I mean, that's where a lot of it came from. And I, uh, looking back on it. What I appreciated about that is iron sharpens iron. You, you want your peers to feel feel comfortable challenging. That's when the best ideas come out of it. And you want people to be passionate. So I don't take raised voices to be disrespectful as, you know, it's what you're saying. But what I remember about some of those meetings were light bulb moments Mm. where, you know, you're frustrated with something and then all of a sudden you realize why it is. And I think coming out of that is when we started to have some of the best ideas um, that's when things started. We started to get things to gel some. Yeah. And yeah. and we started to talk about, um, you know, one of the things we talked about back then was make Sergeant a destination employer and how we're going to do that. And we're still working on new ways to make that happen. And we, we want it to be so that people can, can, with every bit of conviction, say, you really should work here. Absolutely. And to me, Herb, that core purpose and values is such a huge part of that thing, yep. of that too, of trying to get people on board because here's how we live. And when they come here and see that the people here actually do live uh, by the values that are here, to me, that's pretty just awesome. I, you know, you've heard me say it before. Values are great. You can hang them on a wall and do all those type of things. But unless you're walking it and talking it. You don't live them. You yeah, don't live you them. have it's, to live them. There's not much to it. So, and, and I see that around here. And, and Tasha, your point on, you know, iron sharpening iron. Um, I know the three of us all want an organization and everyone here does where we can all be honest with each other. Sure. And bring things up and maybe it does get heated from time to time, but you work your way out of that. But um a lot of the innovation we've seen, a lot of things that have come about here in the last year or so, uh, that's because I, I believe we're starting to open up more as yeah, an organization. And so, so, you know, that's a good segue into the 2021, which we started, I believe, last January. Mm-hmm. And we did it. We, we involved FMI in this. And, and most people know who FMI is. But for those who don't, they're a national consultant to the construction industry. Uh, they run several peer groups, of which you, Eric, and Tasha and I are part of. Yep. Uh, with companies around the country that we can all sit in the same room and have conversations because we're not competitors. We can compare everything. And uh, it's a re- they're a really good outfit, FMI is. Very good. They're very, very smart, very industry-driven people. And, and they've got a lot of in- information on the industry mm-hmm. that they can draw on when they get involved in these strategic, strategic planning uh, sessions. So, so we brought them in. Uh, first four or five meetings were via Teams or Zoom or one of those. Yep. They were, in my opinion, a little painful only because, you know, the, th- the thing that I loved about our earlier session in 2018 is at break, we could back off and grab a coffee and talk to somebody else and say, you know, what did you really mean there or whatever? You know, we could talk bigger things. And you can't really do that when you're when you're in a virtual room as well. Very hard to have free flowing, changing conversations when you're on a computer screen. You have to right. raise your hand yeah. to get yeah. your turn it's, it's, in. It's tough. I mean, it's yeah. It's been great many well, ways. Well, I mean, if you pick your nose, everybody notices it. Uh, yes, I guess that is true. I wasn't going to call you out about that, but if you're going to mention well, it, well, well, there there was an incident. <laughs> Pat Dubay and I keep on top of it, but we're 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 on it. Don't worry. But we, but we had a good team, yeah. a good group, and. And uh, we, we worked our way through it. And one of the big things uh, that we came up with was the four groups that we want 
to develop more strategies and to implement those strategies. Yes. Can Radio Land out there guess what those four groups are? It was on the Lost Podcast. I, do you want me to say them? Or are you sure. just wondering if, I, I mean, I know what they are. You don't even have to look. They're the people group, technology, growth, and execution. So we felt like it was important to break these down so that certain people could, could grab different ones. Uh, so, Tasha, you run the technology group, correct? Yes. Eric, you run the growth group? Correct. I run the people group. And we've got Matt Tebow is in charge of the execution group. Yes. And so uh, as the summer wore on, we, we wrapped up our strategic planning. I, our last meeting was over at the new office at Three Godfrey Boulevard in yeah, Orono. That was pretty cool. It was cool. Kind of all just had weird chairs and tables spread around, but it was good. It yeah. worked. No, it worked. And I think it was a... Well, as you said, Herb, anytime we get a chance to get the whole group together and be able to talk things through, it, it, it was a good session. It, it, it was, to me, much better than than the whole Zoom video Agreed. call thing. And it was uh, kind of like future. This is the future. We're going to meet in our future home where we are going to be investing in people when we will be honing our craft. It, it was sort of fitting that it would. Absolutely. That, that was the thing I really liked about it is that this this will be home. This is the place we're going to we're going to put all this in, into into play here. Of course, we didn't have any power or anything. I don't think the lights were on, but... No lights, but that's... We're <laughs> running water. We're fine. It just goes yeah. to show you, we can make do. Y- your light shines bright enough so that Aww, we didn't really need anything. Thank yeah. you, Herb. Uh, what, what do you get on there for noise for that one? Crickets. Oh. oh. I was hoping there was a big, ah uh, noise or something like that. Well, I was relying on you guys yeah. for that. No, that was very nice, so... Yeah. Still, still waiting for my compliment. Okay. <laughs> so... BHAG, part of the strategic planning thing was the BHAG. You okay over there? Choking on his coffee. <clears throat> Having a little trouble with my coffee. Sorry about that. Um, BHAG. Big, big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah, I was going to help you out it. there. No, you we could have done it at the same time, but yeah, big, hairy, audacious goal. We should have probably done it in stereo. Yep. Well, let's do it again. Let's try it again right. in harmony. Big, big hairy, hairy, audacious goal. goal. And this is... One of those things that as we go through strategic planning, we are trying to set a goal ahead out there, and we used 20 years as as our kind of timeline for that goal. And the idea is that it's supposed to represent something that is probably a little uncomfortable. Yes. Definitely. Like there's a 80% chance you might reach it. Yes. And, be, it, and still be uncomfortable while doing that. And still be uncomfortable that. while yeah. doing that. If there's a 100% chance you're going to reach it, then we're probably not stretching ourselves enough. And that that doesn't mean to put more pressure on people in the field and people in the PM ranks and people in the, in, in the office and the estimating, it, because part of it is growing all that as we strive to reach that BHAG. Absolutely. I, to me, the whole challenge is that we just need to grow period. I mean, as people, we need to grow as an organization, we need to grow and we're not doing that unless we're stretching ourselves a little bit, you know, complacency and comfort doesn't breed any growth or change or anything like that. And, uh, you know, the last few years here, we've certainly seen a lot of changes. Some of them, you know, that were incorporated by us or made by us and the world has certainly changed, but, uh, we just keep planning and ebbing and flowing and it's, it's panning out for us. So, but 
keep stretching ourselves. That's the big thing. And it's so good to have a 20-year sight line and a 100-year mindset, right? Because you're not just going season, season, season. Yeah. It could be really easy to get yourself set into, okay, new year. What are we doing this year? This way, it, it forces us to say, what are we going to do this year that helps us in five years and 10 years and 20 years? It's really a good mindset to be in. And then looking back, I think part of what's brought us to here is some of our 2018 discussions that you were mentioning right. her. We talked a lot about our backlog increasing and taking on bigger projects and having more sub-intensive projects and those type of things. So we sit here with the biggest backlog we've ever had after a successful year. We've got a lot of things on our runway that are coming up, but to me, those strategies have led us to a point that we can be thinking 20 to 100 years down the road. Yeah. And one thing I mentioned to the foreman yesterday is that all my career, I've been in survival mode. And I mean, that's true. And you know that well enough too, Tasha. You were you were on the outside jeering me on for a while or, or praying for me, one or the other, probably Maybe both. Maybe both. <laughs> um, but, you know, starting a business in 1991, you're, you're in survival mode when you start in business. And uh, that survival mode was kind of an extended survival mode for me because um, there was a rocky year in there or two, you know, and you think you're doing okay. And then you have a rocky year and you're back in survival mode. And when I say survival mode, I don't mean like you're on the edge of going out of business every day, but you can't plan a 10-year plan. So then going into 2005, uh, we bought HE Sergeant, and I'm back in survival mode because I had to borrow a lot, a lot of money to do that. And then a few years later, three years after that, then the uh, recession comes and we're back in survival mode again. And what it doesn't allow us to do is invest in people uh, the way that I always wanted to. And so we've been in a in a good place here, I'd say since 2016, 18. And we're in a place now where we have the freedom to look ahead and think in terms of another 100-year cycle in our business. Absolutely. Even though I'll only, I mean, I'll be about 90 then. But <clears throat> I hope to not be here at the end of the next 100-year cycle. Um I don't think I will be, but uh, looking at 100 years coming up, we're, what, four years away from our 100th uh, anniversary? Right. So it's a pretty impressive place to be. And, and we've had some things going for us. The economy has been good, too. Sure. And, but we've capitalized on that, I feel. And by taking uh, some of this backlog out three or four years, as you mentioned, I'm also hoping that we can bridge what will inevitably be some bad times at some point by already having some decent work on our books. So, and what it what it does the this longer term as you as you alluded to Tasha, this longer term view of things allows us to invest in a way that we wouldn't if we were investing year to year to year to year. Right. You might make some really short-term decisions that aren't good for you in 3 and 4 and 5 years out and we should be able to because of some of these guidelines that we're following now and, and sticking to our principles. We won't stop investing in people just because a year maybe doesn't look like what we want it to. We right. know that that's part of who we are. And um, the more we do it, the more we are it. That's the kind of cool thing, too. And it's driving the results that ultimately yes, drive it is. us. I mean, even in bad times, you can weather the storm if you're performing well, right? If you can get some work and perform Correct. well, that's what it's all about. And uh, what we're doing. That's is, why there's an execution group. Absolutely. And that's why we're trying to build the, the best workforce and best employee owned company that we can. I, I mean, to me, the better trained people we have and the more that we're all rowing on that same mission, I don't, coming off the last couple of years, I'm having a hard time finding anything that can beat us at this point yep. besides ourselves. Yeah, we can beat ourselves. So one of the things that we learned about strategy or FMI kind of told us this is, is, is 
almost half of strategy is deciding what to stop doing. And, and, and so we've done, you know, we, I think we've ratcheted back the pursuits, the project type pursuits that don't fit us that well. Yep. And we've, we've gone more toward things that we feel fit us better, but that big, hairy, audacious goal is something we struggled with. Like, what should this look like? What, it, what is it? And I think we kind of ruled things out first. Yes. Like this big, hairy, audacious goal does not mean we are going to be a billion dollar company in five years. That was pretty clear with the group that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, people didn't want to go in that direction. Um, and I think, as you know, Herb, I worked for a company that uh, through strategic planning went in that direction a number of years ago and it wanted to double the size of the company in a very short period of time. By way of revenue. By way of revenue. Yeah. Um, setting a goal to double that, to be a billion dollar company um, in five years time. Uh, that goal was met, um, but it was not met profitably. Uh, and there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of discomfort, a lot of angst, and so, just a so lot there of was, stuff. What I observed from the outside looking in and, and, and you know, different uh, things you shared is there was a huge cultural loss. There definitely was. So, you know, saying you're going to double on work, uh, went out and hired a lot of people with that anticipation. Um, you're hiring people on that aren't indoctrinated into your core purpose and values that are not indoctrinated into how you do your work. Um, and you're doing it in remote places at times. Um, that led to a lot of difficulties. Uh, the company also, and this isn't, I'm not trying to knock them, um, but as they grew, they didn't have a lot of the proper controls in place from a financial aspect uh, to really take on some of the bigger projects they did and monitor those and know if they were going well. Um, but that, you know, when you take the top part of the company, so imagine the three of us sitting and just all of a sudden telling all of our people, um, we're going to do double the amount of work that we do right now in five years' time. You figure it out. Yeah, go do it. Go do it. And, you know, that leads you to oftentimes branch out in directions that you don't want to branch out into that's not in your wheelhouse. So um, when you have a revenue goal, uh, you know, like we've got to meet this revenue and you've been told to meet it, then you've got to do things that may not be exactly. Absolutely. That may not bring value to the company or the people in the company. Just to get there. Just to get goal. this sales v- volume and I guess that's the thing I want to drive home. I think we were, um, we all decided, I think we were all of one mind, really the whole team was of one mind, that where we want to be is not in a revenue value. Right. It was more of a, in terms of what the employees value. So what we ended up with was what is the company going to be worth? Mm-hmm. And so we want to grow the worth of the company, which then grows the stock price of the company which grows everyone's ESOP portfolio. Yep. And grows their opportunities and grows all those things. But yeah. at that same time, I can remember there was some consternation about how big we wanted to get that number at one point in time, that entity value. And I think it was Pete Perizzo Pete that said, I'm afraid we're going to lose the culture if we go that level. And he said... I just want more. I want our BHAG to be more and better now. Yeah. More and better of what we have now. We already have. And and that's a a, a great thing, but it's a hard thing to measure. Mm -hmm. So we felt like we had to have something we we could measure. So we we put a base camp out there that said we're going to be X times where we are in terms of what the company's worth in 20 years. Yep. 
I like that though, because we're always thinking then about does this bring value to our shareholder, which You're is forced our to bring- employee owners. Right. It has to what we're doing has to ultimately improve their net worth, their value. I think it definitely makes it easier for us to ask the right questions and others to ask the right questions. Um, you know, so some we can, technology stuff that we talk about, it's been oftentimes things will make things easier, but is it worth the cost of making it easier? And does that really bring you any efficiency just by making it easier? Easy and efficient are two different things. So trying to figure it through all those right. things, flush them out. I think it's leading us in a good direction. And it, and it makes us look at projects, pursuits in a way that they, they have to bring value. Absolutely. And that not, that doesn't mean we're going to overcharge. No, that doesn't mean we're going to, we're going to start overcharging people. That means, I mean, our execution level has to support our pricing and then uh, the type of work we pursue has to bring value. So a good example was the 395 route nine connector. We said, we said on this podcast, great job. If we get it on our, on our terms, yep. but the, the world, our company doesn't revolve around that job. That's right. That's right. And thankfully we were successful on bid day and, and we feel really good about it. Feel really good about it. And the project team is already, kicking things off and identifying savings and uh, perhaps some value engineering and just uh, starting to move forward. So yeah, Herb, I mean, that's been the philosophy all along. Even some of this work that we're looking at right now, it's great work, but we don't need it. Um, in fact, I don't think either one of us has said we need a job in some time now, which is been uh, a, while. a good thing. Um, we might need to take it in an area or two that we're lacking a little bit of work, but that's fine. Um, it's nice to go into it consciously knowing that you're taking a job because sure. you need to take a job. Uh, so yeah, we're, I'm pretty happy with where we stand. At the so if I'm out there running an excavator, running a dozer, uh, grading an area for a box culvert to sit down, what, what does this mean to me? Well, it, it will ultimately mean that your value in your ESOP account will be growing and worth more every single year, such that when you are ready to have that money when you're ready to retire and tap it. You are part of an entity that has grown over the years in value, and therefore your piece of that is worth significantly more. Um, Not just for you. I mean, it's one thing to do things just for you, but it's for all of us together. It's all of us together. And I'm hoping for that person. It means you've got a better quality of life. Right. You've got a good quality of life at home and at work. Hopefully you're running new equipment because that's part of our strategy is also purchasing new equipment and doing those type of things. Hopefully you're surrounded by highly trained, capable, good people. You yourself are highly trained. And uh, for me after that, <clears throat> I think the whole thing for me comes down to you're just part of something bigger than yourself. Period. Mm. It, yeah. it, it's really, for me, it, it's, it just goes to bringing value. It just goes to yep. what, our, what our desire is for our employee owners is for them to feel valued as people. They, we want them to feel like they're in a valuable culture mm. and we want their, you know, their eventual retirement plan to be, to have a lot of value to it so they can retire with dignity. Yeah. And I don't, <clears throat> I know a lot of people around here appreciate that because they've worked here a long time, Herb, and they've worked for you and others for a long time. But uh, that phrase you just used, I've repeated that several times and always giving you credit for, but that phrase of retiring with a, a surplus of dignity, as I've heard you say before, I mean, that's as genuine as it gets. And I know how genuine you are about that and Tasha and myself. And, uh, you know, as we see the company grow and see what the ESOP values have grown to already, um, the thoughts of what that could be in the future really excites me. So, Cam, you're on the side here. You've been listening closely. Yeah. Can you repeat everything we just said? 
Here's your a- quiz. Absolutely not. But I, I do have a question. I guess, you know, if I'm if I'm a labor or I'm a dozer operator, right? And and I wanna somehow contribute to that to our BHAG, how would I go about doing that? To to me, it's the same thing that we told the foreman trainees yesterday is your your big to me, our my biggest gift is I can bring value to everyone here. And and that that laborer, that operator, uh, figure out how to bring value. And it's not rocket science. And it's not, this isn't, um, you don't have to be brilliant in this. In this don't overcomplicate it. Right, don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. It's tenacity more than it is anything else. It's tenacity to, to get things done. And it's, it's supporting other people. It's watching those costs. You know, we talked, uh, Nate Dykes was on last spring. Every dollar that we spend or every dollar that we save makes a difference of $6 in the value of the company. Not the stock price, but the overall value of the company. So being aware of all that. And Wally was on here a couple weeks ago, and he talked about self-awareness, and he talked about uh, situational awareness, and then he talked about situational leadership. And understanding the various situations you're in and aware of what you can bring and what others can bring and, and you know, having some situational leadership uh, around the people you're with and the circumstances you're in. Yeah, I, I think you said it very well, Herb. I was going to mention what Nate had mentioned about the value. Um, I think it's a great point. And I think for me, Cam, one of the biggest things people can do around here is uh, be giving of their knowledge, be giving of their time, pass it on to other people. I truly believe the only way that we keep what we have is by giving it away in life. And uh, the more folks can do that and keep that good attitude and just support the people around them, as you said, her, be there for each right. other, look out for each other, um, be willing to speak their mind that if they see something that's being done that they know isn't right, speak up. doesn't matter what your position Correct. is or how long own you've been it. here, own it, speak up. Um, once we start doing all those things, I think the value itself takes care of itself. Well, and I think it's hundreds of actions by everyone every single day, and it's an accumulation of the smallest of doing the right things. I know somebody over the weekend saw a package that was outside of our entrance door, and it was raining. And so that individual couldn't get in the building, moved it to undercover, right? That's just taking care of that one small thing. I saw it. I knew that wasn't right. I'll just take care of that one thing. But if everybody's doing all of those small things, it all... It all accumulates. It really does. And it really just, does. And, and it's that, taking care of each other and, I mean, looking out for one another. And I noticed that you might slip over there and I threw some salt down or whatever it happens to be. It's just everybody looking out for one another. I've always said that the decisions made in the field have a much greater impact on the company and its success or failure than what happens in your chair, your mm-hmm. chair, or my chair. Agreed. It, it's it's all those accumulated decisions, and that was a great way to put it, Tasha, because when you think about all the people out there, all the jobs we have going on, all the small decisions that go into play in a day, thousands and thousands of them every single day, and if those are put into place according to the values that we hold dear, then we're going to succeed. Yeah. And it seems to be happening. Great question, Cam. Yep. Thanks. Well, since you're uh, on top of things like I thought you would be. <laughs> it's very convincing. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't say that. Just 
But thanks for a great question, and, and you're always on top of things. And you know what? I rolled in early this morning, and Cam was here before anyone else. He was first man in the door, and that was early. So he is on top of things. He is on top of things. Not, I know li- that. You're not living here or anything while you're waiting for your house to be bought. Or are you doing all right? Well, you know. I saw you never a toothbrush in his back. Yeah, I just want to check in. I mean, uh, you know, we got a shower downstairs, but I wouldn't recommend it. No, so. no, I, I've seen that. I ain't using. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're going to move on to the safety topic here now, Cam. Yes. So, as we always say, this is our this is our favorite topic. That probably deserves, you know, a bum bump or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, scary. Like that yeah. that's a good name for that. That's a good one. So, we just. We felt that we we really wanted to talk a little bit to all of our listeners and our employee owners particularly about this COVID emergency temporary standard. I know, you know, it's had me personally, and I think I could speak for the three of you in here, that it, it's had us kind of worrying and trying it's, to... It's been our top right. newsmaker. And we've just been trying to navigate what, we need to do as a company to make sure we're we're one in compliance, but at the same time doing what's best for our employee owners. And, you know, there's a couple dates that we need to comply with. And the first one is we don't have any choice, right? As of right now, there's still some legal things pending and whatnot. You know, could this go away? This could go away with the right legal decisions. But we can't count on that. Right. So what we need to do, again, it, to make sure that we are in compliance as a company, and also, but also doing the, the what's best for our employee owners as a whole, is implement, implement a policy. And, and what we've decided to do, uh, you know, to comply by the dates, which the first date we need to comply by is January 10th, 2022, which is this coming Monday. We need to implement, uh, or what we will, are implementing is a... Uh, vaccination or testing and face covering policy for our employee owners. So we need to first step for us is to figure out which employee owners are vaccinated and who is not. So we, we, right? we're required to get that information. Correct. We are per, per OSHA. And by January 10th. By January we 10th. We were required to, to get to ascertain whether people are vaccinated or not. Correct. So and we have to also not only figure out if they are or are not the ones, our employee owners who are vaccinated, we need to gather proof of that vaccination. And OSHA, you know, they, OSHA lists out exactly what's acceptable proof. Um, and that's, you know, get a hold of me. Like somebody showing you a hole in their arm is not proof. Correct. Um, and right now, by way of vaccination, it means. The first and second shot for Pfizer and Moderna. Correct. Or the first shot for Janssen and Janssen. And 14 days after either. The 14 oh, okay. Day, right. Yep. So fully vaccinated, just for everyone listening, is 14 days after your second dose of Pfizer or Moderna, and then 14 days after your first single dose. or single dose of Johnson & Johnson. I right. Okay, yep. So that is what fully vaccinated means. If, if you've received only the first dose of your Pfizer or Moderna, then you're considered partially vaccinated or you haven't met that 14-day window yet, you're also considered partially vaccinated and you would need to, or you're subject to that, you know, testing, uh, mandatory testing. Which is in February. Which is in February. But right now, 
I want to strictly focus on that January 10th date. So mm-hmm. what we need to do, and again, we're, we're going to get something out by the end of, end of the day today to all of our employee owners, a survey, um, which will remain confidential. Which means they will have already gotten it. Correct. Because this is, this is, this going is Thursday. This is Thursday. Mm. Or Wednesday, maybe. You can't get this podcast out sooner? Well, with all the editing he's going to have to do, probably not. Mm. Man of his caliber, he's all over it. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. <laughs> it's going out today, folks. It's going to be out by the end of the day. Oh. It won't be much editing. Okay, anyways. <laughs> anyways, so, yeah, January 10th, we need to make sure, or at least start the process of getting all of our employee owners, figuring out who's vaccinated, who's not, and getting proof of that. Um, that policy is going to go out. It, again, we're, we're, we're not going to require vaccination we, we firmly believe that it is the personal choice of our employee owners however this is this emergency temporary standard is real and, and we either have to you either have to get vaccinated and we have to comply with this or you'll have to test um every seven days or on a weekly basis okay so, so the big the big thing we're doing right now yep. is figuring out where everybody stands so we've got that information on january 10th Correct. Which we're required to do by January 10th. We're required to ascertain that information. Correct. Yes. And from there, I know we've got a safety stand down Thursday. Yep. Um, so from there, we will inform everybody on what what the emergency standard is, what it means to them. There are a couple things that I thought broke in our favor. For instance, there's no testing or vaccine if you're 100% outside. Correct. So what what OSHA means by that, if, if you work exclusively outdoors, so probably, not, you know, 75% of our or all of our field employees, right? So your foremen, your laborers, your operators, etc. You're not subject to this vaccination or testing requirement. Either one. Either one. And if you also work from home, you're not subject or you're not required to comply with this but but they do have to provide us with proof of vaccination that's for all employees well right so whether or not you work exclusively outdoors or work from home we still need to figure out all the employees status status right now there's some caveats to I just this. want to clarify because yeah. when you said that tash it sounded like you were saying we had to verify that they're vaccinated we have to verify their status their status right, right. vaccinated so, or not once we figure out the status and, and whatnot, we gather all that information. It remains confidential. For the employees who work either from home or exclusively outdoors, there's a caveat or one or two. The first one is like, for instance, if you're a foreman who works exclusively outdoors and you're, you're not subject to this requirement or emergency temporary standard because you work outdoors, but you come and attend sergeant winter training or the sergeant construction academy where you're coming to an office indoors etc you are then subject to that testing requirement so for instance i'm i'm you know not not subject to vaccination requirement but the testing requirement correct if testing and face mask requirements so i'm joe schmo i work exclusively outdoors this week but next week i gotta attend training up at our Stillwater office in Maine on Monday, uh, the 10th, ironically enough. And 
I have to submit a test to sergeant management or my supervisor, a negative test, I should say, and also wear a face mask indoors around others. Um, if you're not vaccinated. If I'm not vaccinated prior to coming to that training. Okay. But we've got more to figure out before right. we worry about so, that piece so, of it. So we, what we're asking you in this podcast not to do is get caught up in those details. Right. Because there's going to be a lot of Q&A that takes place. The, the point really we're trying to make here is we're trying to comply with ascertaining everyone's vaccination status by January 10th. Correct. And we will be on top of getting out the information after that. Right. In terms of how we have to behave at work and test and mask and all that stuff. So I, I just want to, I want to make it very clear to every, all of our employee owners, all of our listeners that if anyone has any questions, which I, I know that there's going to be questions, just give me a call, shoot me an email or a text. I can, I will run through this personally with anyone to make sure that everyone understands it um, correctly. Cause there is a lot to this. And if I don't have the answer, which there's a chance I may not, I will do what I can to find that answer for you. It also changes every couple of days it, in fairness. Right. Well, <laughs> it, that is true. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with. It's been ongoing. Oh. Well, I, you know, I, last Monday, the CDC, a little kind of same COVID topic, but off topic from the standard, they changed their quarantine and isolation guidelines at like after our hours of work. So I'm like earlier in the day, I tell somebody one thing and then I have to go back and look at the changing standards and then it, it's just been... It's well, it's, I know it's been a difficult time just to stay on top of it. Right. And this is going to go out via email. Yep. There. So there are updated policy will go and information will go out via email from me. And in that email, there will be, you know, some bullet points, additional info and a link to fit that you can click on to fill out the survey and provide your proof of vaccination status or... So it gives you an opportunity to take your phone, take a picture of it, and upload it. And Correct. And your, I did it. It, took, exactly. it didn't take three minutes. It was, right. it, it was a lot if, like if the you, benefits enrollment. I know. <laughs> but it was a lot like the benefits enrollment. Very simple to put in was, your information. It and yep. yeah. it, sh- it shouldn't take any of our employee owners... It shouldn't take them more than... No more than five minutes. Yeah, it, at the most. Uh, at the most. It, and I just want to, again, make it clear that when you click on this link to take your survey, make sure that you have proof of your vaccination with you, it, with you when taking the survey so you can take a picture or make sure you have it in your photos on your phone, uh, on your iPhone or Android. Or, or I mean, we can they yeah. can take it in the office and have a copy made. Exactly. Okay. And if happen? you're not vaccinated, you just skip over that part. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I think I've beat this horse enough for today. So I think we have. Good job, so Bill So by January 10th, we're just trying to ascertain everybody's vaccination status per the emergency standard put up by OSHA. Yes, and proof of their vaccination of if them. they are vaccinated. Step one. That's Very step good. One. Step one. Step one. Okay. Copy that. We're going to go to... Uh, oh. Price is right, baby. This is better than COVID. It What's gets better, better from than, here. In, insert laugh here. <laughs> Okay, Price is Right this week is the cutting edge 
Our Caterpillar D6 XE. That's the new dozer we bought this summer. Brand new. Brand new. It's a beast. So we have, anybody count these? I'd say 15. I just 15, yep. 15 guesses. See, I was an estimator at one point in time. The high guess for a D6, D6 dozer edge is, well, this made me stutter, is $5,678 by Ben Watson, Trevor Gardner. These guys are hanging out with the 45678 business. Trevor's $4,567.89. The low guess is Justin Embry at $91.25. The actual cost of the D6 cutting edge with the corner bits, by the way, Tasha? Is $570.30. Ken Thurlow is $868.99. Sorry, Ken. Sorry, Ken. You're over. He He's won... Quite a few times. He's right. Yeah, he's he's always in the ballpark, yeah, too. Out. That's not he's that out. far off, He doesn't really. need to win anymore. He's Derek out. True. $501 is the closest without going over. He gets $50 Amazon gift certificate. Credit card gift certificate. Credit card something. Yep. yep. A Visa card, if you want. A Visa card. Or we now have two company stores. We now have two company stores. We go to the website. There's two stores to choose from with different apparel on each. From two totally different vendors. Yep. All right. Derek True. So the next Price is Right item will be... Oh, i got to give him a hand, don't I? Yeah. Good job, Derek. Good job, Derek. Good guess. The next Price is Right item is the cost of the long boom and reach stick for the Cat 349. So this is not for the base machine. This Correct. is not for the excavator itself. So we took the original boom and stick off that, and now we put a boom and stick on it that reaches out somewhere between 40 and 100 feet. And um, so we, we want to know what the cost of the boom and stick is. And if you want to see it, it's sitting right out back here in Stillwater before it makes its way down to Portland Back Cove South. Correct. And we're going to double your money back. So that's a $50 deal. We're going to double it if you guess the reach exactly. Ooh. The actual reach of this machine, and that would be measured from the center of the turntable. And I think if they backed up on this podcast about 15, 20 seconds, you might have already given them a hint. Mm-hmm. Mm, a really good hint. Yep. yep, he definitely he did. He did, he for sure did. See, I was listening. Yeah, you can just hit that like backward circle. That's right. There's even a button that's 15 seconds. It right. skips back. You're all good. So the cost of the 349 long boom and stick only, not the base machine, what's the cost of that? And if you guess the reach from the center pin of the turntable, we'll double it. And that's that. That'll be, that. Fun. That'll be yeah. fun. So now we're going to go on to shout outs. Eric, you're going to start this off? <clears throat> sure. Uh, first shout out is from George Obar. He'd like to take his hat off and say thanks to all the guys and gals that have worked this season at Bat Cove South and Bat Cove West. Unless you work down there on those projects, it's hard to appreciate the dedication these crews have and have gone through. Great work to all. Thank you. Understatement. I bet mm. it is. You have to be there to appreciate it, I'm sure. And George has been there a lot himself. Mm-hmm. All right. Our next shout out is from Zach Sherry. Shout out to Trevor Gardner. Ben Woodward Jr., Jake Erskine, Will Fitch, and Nate Miller for getting it done on our equipment pad pours in Old Orchard. 
There were some last-minute changes, but these guys came through. Always love it when people jump in and get that done. Like the ones that I've got a shout-out for. Uh, Leah Howe and Tina Bushard. Uh, Leah jumped in last week and took care of our New Year's Eve, or New Year's Day, rather, social media posts for me. And uh, Tina Bushard harvested all the uh, guesses for The Price is Right and the shout-outs on simple texting, and I appreciate both of them for jumping in and helping. And the last shout-out is from Tim Richards. He'd like to send a shout-out to two groups, the welding crew working at Bat Cove West. Their dedication to helping move the project in the right direction is second to none, particularly during times of snow and cold. And he had another shout-out to the field mechanics to keep the rigging moving during the winter months. Winter weather makes any repair needed in the field more time-consuming and difficult than typically normal, and I'd echo those thoughts from Tim, and we're doing some cold weather crushing in Rochester as well, and uh, and that crew down to Bat Cove West with the sheet piling and all that they're doing on that project. Uh, it's pretty amazing to see what we can do in-house and yep. keep ourselves. we got some talented people. They nope. are very awesome. And nobody knows that like Tim Richards because he was out Great. there in the field doing that same exact work. But you did jump ahead, Eric. I was going to say, I now, did? Eric, you jumped whose ahead of the name queen. is above your name? Look at the top of the page right there. Whose name is that? Okay, let's can't, not can't run this out to an hour. It. Let's get this going. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a shout-out to Amy Soames. I just got the printed version of our benefits guide, and it, it really is excellent. Um, we're going to be sending that out in the mail shortly um, so everybody can have a printed guide at home. It's already gone out as a PDF. But I wanted to um, just really show some appreciation to Amy. She made year-end go very smoothly transitioning to the new benefits. And I know she's got a lot of work in getting the identity theft set up and all of that. Um, So well done, Amy. Yes. Thank you, Amy. And I'm sorry I tried to cut you out of the podcast. He does that once in a while. I do. I think we're going to get out of this in less than an hour. It's not my fault if it goes over. I'm just No, it's safety guys. Um, Anyways. Hey, some, somebody's gonna fall. fall. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I'll just own it. You didn't even hear the bus coming. <laughs> Never do. <laughs> okay, you got a couple announcements here. Uh, Heather wanted wanted me to put out an announcement uh, for our employee owners. Uh, you get a fifty dollar referral gift, bonus. Re- yep. a referral bonus if someone puts your name on an application up to $1,000 if they're hired. And that $1,000 is spread out over a few payments to make sure that person that comes on works out. But it's a great benefit, and we see a great benefit to having employees get hired that have been referred by other employees. Yeah, it's been. Please use it. We're we're dying to hand the money out to you. Yep. And then um, Amy wanted to share an announcement that we rolled out our new Well Steps. Um, The campaign kicked off yesterday, and everybody should have gotten an email so they can go on and register. If you want your spouse to participate with you, I think you have to reach out to Amy, and she'll help with their setup. Um, And uh, let's see. There's going to be um, some drawings at the end of January for everybody who's registered. So all you have to do is get signed up this month, and you'll be eligible to win a couple of Fitbits or um, we've got some really big stainless steel water bottles and uh, we hope to have a lot of contests going on all year long to just keep everybody engaged now, in the that, new program. That takes the place of Wellable? That takes the place of Wellable, yes. Okay. Yep, and it, you know, everything, the p- whole program has changed this year. It's not no longer tied to like HSA. Everybody can uh, participate and is eligible to get a $250 wellness bonus at the end of the year if you 
go through the program. But I got myself logged in yesterday, and I asked my husband to join me, and I told him we would do a challenge together, and he seems on board with that. So I think we can have a lot of fun with it. Okay. So besides adding, once again, the fact that we have two company stores, Mm -hmm. both on the website. Both on the website. If you want to pick up your merchandise locally, you'll want to stick with the W.S. Emerson site, which is the original store. The new store is the same company that um, produced our ESOP jackets, which, as I understand, are still trickling out due to supply chain issues. But most are out. There's still a few coming. We don't hear that anywhere. <laughs> are you one of them? You didn't get your. I thought you just got your jacket. No, you don't have yours either. I, don't have mine either. I do not. Wow. I got mine and it fits. I got mine and it fits. So we'll have to. I they think might, Kim's working on it. I might have to take yours then. Mm. They must oh. not make baby gap sizes. That's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that Come was on, good. Buddy. That, that was good. That yeah, was yeah, good. I did credit. Yeah. Credit where it's due. She's uh, always self-effacing, Cam is. Um, <laughs> Nothing like a little self-deprecation over yeah, there. Well, That's you know, right. Well done. So, uh, hey, thanks, guys, for being on. I think that this is a very informative podcast, both from the strategic planning front and the COVID front. And our should the mandate front, it's not as bad as what we thought it was going to be. So, just for the record, Herb, if this goes over, it's because you, it's your fault. I know he's stringing it out. No, he is trying to get an hour. I'm going to edit out this long pause of silence. <laughs> <laughs> Any last words? Well, yes. Happy New Year to everyone, and be safe out there. Stay warm. Uh, happy New Year. Yeah, be safe. And uh, 2022 is here. We're on to a new year. Time to hit the reset button and. Kick some Unilot. Happy New Year and zero accidents. Zero accidents. Zero accidents. Zero accidents.